Cat and Cloud podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess no matter where you are. All you have to do is add hot water. Each steep pack is individually sealed in nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh, and it's got this special immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue, no staples, so there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable, and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on Steeped Coffee at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying Steeped or having your favorite roaster reach out and get in touch. If you happen to be in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry and make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. Who knows what will happen on podcast, guys. But We just turned it on. Jared's about to tell me about lectins. Lectins, dude. I can tell you a little not bit. Pectin. No, lectin. Not pectin. Okay, what's um, a lectin? Lectin is actually one of the major key inflammatory things so when people talk about gluten right lectin is actually one of the th- is the thing in gluten that makes the inflammatory response happen it's to like your the, body it's like the gluten activator the, no no, no. <laughs> lectin is like um the way the dude explained it is like when you're when you get a splinter and your skin gets red yeah your body's having like an anti-inflammatory reaction okay lectins are what do that internally to your okay body. so Got gluten it. is the one that everybody suggests is like the main player in this right not true and Lectin. that was the brain game changer from this dude dr gundry in the the altitude podcast so i anyway for, welcome to the, to the podcast everybody um so wait chris and i i'm pulling it up just to like uh not to play for you what is where okay it's fucked does up. all gluten contain lectin yes so like if you are if you need to avoid lectin Whole new world. Gluten is not the answer. So, okay, how so do you avoid lectin? That is, you do your best to avoid lectin. So part of what blew my mind in this podcast is that, like, there's a many people who go on a gluten-free diet who actually absorb and bring in more lectins than if they were to just eat bread in moderation. What are the vehicles so like, for lectin? Oh, man. Some of the vehicles that you would not suspect. The skin on almonds. So Marcona almonds. Uh, those are the fancy ones yeah they're from italy they're just like de-skinned but like so the skin on almonds so there's people who like like legumes in general but not if so he's like but beans are actually good if you have them either pressure cooked or you get this or a certain brand or you soak them really well for a long time because it's in the skin in the breakdown of the beans the lectins come out and then you actually only get the goods from it it was a very gnarly kind of brain changer for me that I have to. Uh, I'm gonna listen to multiple times through. Uh, but I got the cookbook. It's called the plant, and he did a book called the Plant Paradox, and it was essentially like this dude, Dr. Gundry, who happens to not be an Adventist but work in the Loma Linda system. 
which is like a, a really really high medical system. Interesting. And yeah, and he got on the board. He's like one of the only non-Adventist. He's so doctors. good. He doesn't have to be a believer. <laughs> yeah, totally. For <laughs> like, and that doesn't happen often with that group. Um, but he studies the blue zones pretty big time. Blue zones mm-hmm. for y'all who don't know are the longest living zones in the world. Uh, like Okinawa area is one of them, and then. Somewhere in like the Mediterranean. Sicily, Mediterranean area. So Mediterranean diet, he's a big time proponent of, even though there's not an exist, exact one. But he's like, one of his statements is food exists to get good, clean olive oil into your body because of polyphenols. And that just like opened up this whole interesting world where it's like, there's no perfect answer. The first half of the podcast is all what you shouldn't eat. And then the second half is things that you can eat. Okay, what's a few things that you shouldn't eat that seem like counterintuitive um oftentimes actually like like i said he wasn't uh, i can't remember because it's been a week now and we jumped into this podcast on the fly because chris looked at my lunch and he's like what is that really put the burners on you no no no, it's good but the biggest one that stuck out to me was like hey actually bread by itself might not be as bad he said there's people who are far more sick who eat a gluten-free diet or a vegan diet because okay like tomatoes super high in lectins um what was another one he said is that a nightshade thing maybe or like uh anything with seeds that's like a fruit he said okay so another thing game changer mind blower he's all juicing is a surefire way to actually get fat well for sure yes but he said you want to use it right juice it Throw all the juice away and pull all the pulp out and eat only the pulp. That's where all the goods are. All oh, the pulps right. And the skins so it's getting the all the good like fiber and all the yeah the fiber. It's like reverse the, juicing. Yeah, and the um and the and the polyphenols which are pretty high. So it's like high so, polyphenol things that happen in certain plants. Uh, most most lettuces have more lectins than you might realize. So he said to like stick to the group like frisee and radicchio and those ones that are like more bitter. What about kale? Can I eat my kale? I think I can't remember, but I think he said kale's pretty good. But even so, like basically what lectins do is they make your body inflame in some way or another. Um, That was interesting. He said also, like, if you want, <laughs> you're going to hate this one as a paleo person. But he's like, if I wanted to get rid of something like that people overeat, it's protein. He's all protein is like one of the main things in aging us. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that that is dead on because I think this is where most people get paleo wrong. Right. That the the actual, like since the beginning of the paleo diet, now I can't even remember who wrote the original book about it, but most literature revolving around paleo actually advocates for just moderate protein. Yeah. But I think... He said 30 grams a day. I think because of the the circles that those people run in which it happens to be tied into uh, fitness in a lot of cases right and a lot of lifting people overeat protein because they see it as a source for like quote unquote gains or getting Muscle big growth. yeah or it's an easy win that fits into that um like the paleo vibe like it's just really easy for me to go and eat some protein and and feel like it's good for me but even like a like a Mark uh, Mark Sisson, right? Who did Mark's Daily Apple the blog, and then now is one of like the bigger advocates for keto, agrees that in terms of longevity, lifespan, and overall health, it's probably wise to not just with protein but caloric load overall, like 
eat as little as possible calorically while being able to, you know, to function the way we need to function. Yeah. And I think it gets twisted because you take a community that's like a fitness based community that would listen to that and they're just like they're probably working out too much and requiring like a ton of calories to do what they're doing. And then even people who are moderately affiliated with that community are like, oh, yeah, this is healthy. I'm going to eat this like one gram of protein per pound of lean, you know, body weight has been like the standard since like the bodybuilding times like and beyond. And for actual athletes, people would take it even further. But yeah, for health, probably not. Right. And you do have to adjust based on how much you do fitness and exercise, you said. But the average person, 20 to 30 grams tops a day. And most people don't know that your internal organs and your stomach sheds and you reabsorb like 20 grams of protein from your stomach every single day. Oh, yeah. You were dropping that knowledge the other day. Super weird. Yeah, That's really interesting. There was just a lot to unpack in this Um in the episode, it's called How the Human Body Quotes, or uh, what is the word? Uh, anyway, really works. It's not in quotes. It's in the other one. Apost- no, nope, not even apostrophes. Wow. I don't even know English. What are those called? Um, Don't know. Oh, quotations? That's not quotations. Wait, That's what are I you pointing them. to? The really. Oh, parentheses. Parentheses. Damn, <laughs> that was so obvious. I was looking at the other one where it said bad kids or something. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He went from a bad kid. <laughs> <laughs> that is parentheses there. I don't know what podcast that is. Um, Do you guys have yeah, a bad kid? I could see reverse juicing catching on. So let's say, let's take an apple, right? You eat an apple right. and you get an apple's worth of nutrients. If you juice, you would juice, let's go straight apple juice. You know, you juice like six apples and only ingest the sugar. But if you reverse juice six apples, yeah. you don't get any of the sugar, but you get all the fiber and all the other goodies. So maybe like, maybe you can start the reverse juicing trend. Maybe Jeez. we can open a reverse juicing a reverse bar. Reverse juicing pulper. I like, call it the pulper. <laughs> pulper. The, I, I didn't know. So that was the thing he said. I mean, to you, it's not news. But in this podcast, he's like, you want to gain weight? Eat a lot of fruit. 100%. He's all fruit. Fruit is one of the easiest ways to gain weight because of the way your body processes it. It goes through the liver in a certain way and whatever. But like he said, 60% of it goes to something like fat content and 40% does this. The other thing that's gnarly is, I mean, I'm just like remembering all this shit, but fat is where you store, every human being stores the heavy metals and the toxins. So there's a lot of people who don't have any actual effects from all their problems until they try to start being healthy and they start going on diets and detoxing is actually when your body starts eating the fat and it's full of heavy metals and toxins, that's when you're, you start having to process it through everything. And that's when you start getting really sick. Mm, Interesting. That's I didn't know either. Is that a finite thing? Will that go away? I know we don't really process heavy metals, but like do the effects of that theoretically go away? (sighs) He didn't get, I mean, there was so much in this that he didn't get to like how to, but he said that's a lot of like, so they talked, I think about keto in that way. Right. And he said, well, keto people can get super sick if they're super unhealthy because you store, he's all basically, you'll get like a certain fish, a Marlin or one of the older ones. Right. And he said, that'll be fine. But they have like toxic levels of mercury in their fat. Yeah. Which is how we ingest. One of the ways we ingest it is by eating the fat of fish when the fish are fine. But the, that's because our defense mechanism is to throw it into our fat. Mm. So I don't really know. It's I mean, like a tucked away story. He has an entire book, which I didn't get. But I did get his cookbook, which has like synopsis from his book in the beginning, which is like 
foods to avoid, foods to, you know, like always. And it's like he, he's like throw away peanuts, peanuts specifically. Dude, I throw know. Throw peanuts I ju- away. I just ate some peanut butter. and I, I love peanut butter. I generally don't eat peanuts, but every once in a while I've been fucking with peanut butter and I don't like that I like it. It's just. It's bad for us. I know it's not good for me. I know. It's like I generally stay away from all those legumes, but that's been like my one of my guilty things. I'm just like I've actually been needing to reevaluate my diet coming up with a new year and i was talking to Kristen and tanner about this which i've been eating in that like mostly paleo way for such a long time that i don't really pay attention to what i eat like really really closely and i overeat for sure because i just love eating for sure and i'm not i'm not even hungry when i'm eating i'm just literally like i habit yeah i just it's totally that was like the real revelation that i had last night because Kristen was like well different people's bodies you know different things will trigger different cravings and and make you hungry and i'm like oh i'm not hungry like in no way shape or form and then i was the rest of the day thinking about what was triggering me to eat and it was just like probably 80 percent habitual like i eat now this is when i eat right i need to be eating here right around eight o'clock do this and like i'm not not even hungry i just i'm just eating and just kind of reevaluating that. And then with a lot of the information, it's it's interesting how much stuff this is kind of throwing the science to the wayside, but how powerful like actual intuitive eating can be to where if you ask someone, what do you think is healthy to eat? Like, should you eat a salad with all these different vegetables in it and all all this stuff? Or you know, insert whatever you want, like Taco Bell, Taco Bell, or take it to the next level. Like, what do you think would make you feel better in the long term? Even like take that same salad and compare it against like a huge bowl of fruit, you know? And I think most people, if they, you know, gun to their head would be like, yeah, salad's probably healthier. The fruit's probably going to taste like really delicious, but like is maybe the salad just seems like the healthier thing. Yeah. Or like even the paleo guys, like, should you, you know, do you really need to eat three steaks a day? Like, how do you feel about that? (laughs) Like, what if you took, what if you took one of those steaks and like swapped it out for, um, you know, mixed greens and some veggies, like, you know, what would happen? Yeah. What if instead of roasting that steak in the oven, you just roasted some vegetables? Yeah, the, and like put some olive oil on it. Like, what do you think is actually cooler for you? It was cool. One of the there's, a, I mean, there's so many things. One one thing simply was that like, for six months a year, right? Because we're like, as humans, around in summertime, you're kind of all this this light out here. I'm pointing at because it's sunny right now. It's not summertime, but blue light makes your body react to to continue to feed. And so screens are actually a big part of why we continue to overeat in oh, the yeah. winter. So like during the summer, you're supposed to eat more to save up calories for the winter where you right. don't get to eat as much, right? That's one thing. One thing he does is he sets his major caloric intake to like two or three hours in a certain area during the day. And he always waits something like, I think it was 14. It might be 16 hours from like the one meal to at least the next because that's where your cells start to regenerate mm. is around 14 hours. So... Those were two things, but, oh, gosh, I forgot where I was actually going. I was just so many things were piling up when you were talking about that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that, that. Yeah. Um, oh, he was talking about in that way, like intuitive eating, not in terms of what you do, but in actually looking at the blue zones and what they actually eat. Like, 
So, for instance, like in Okinawa, or like we would do things like, oh, yeah, brown rice, it's healthier than white rice. But it's like, well, in Okinawa, they're actually doing a ton of purple sweet potato, white rice, and, and, and less so. And then they actually do a pork fat there. And people would be like, oh, well, shouldn't you eat more fish? Fish is healthier for you. And certain things, he's like, well, in this blue zone, they don't eat almost any fish. They eat a ton of pork. And in the Mediterranean zone, it's it's around like two liters or like a almost a gallon or something like that of olive oil is ingested like every two weeks per person on average, which is an insane amount of olive oil if you were to like look at it on a table. But there's things like between olive oil and avocado where if people eat the majority of those things, they actually lose weight in studies versus people who eat other ways. And it's just like he was just throwing all of these things and he had good science to it. And he was speaking of it like a doctor, not like myself, but yeah, really it, interesting. Yeah, it's um, I would I, I would really love to look at because I think overall there is some sort of consensus about what works and what doesn't. But it'd be so interesting to look at different regions and how people's genetics are like predetermining what they can eat when you say you know the uh, red sweet potatoes and white rice contrast that with with the inuits who are super lean they eat a diet of 98 percent fat because it's mostly whale blubber like right. whale is their main food source so they ingest almost no carbohydrates at all but that's what they've been eating since the dawn of time sure and like there's you know there's all these different things that are, yeah, I don't know. It's super interesting. interesting. But yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of revamping the, like, my intake and looking. Right. When I look at times when I felt the best, it has been when I for sure do a decent amount of intermittent fasting and yeah. go like longer periods without eating. And I generally favor, uh, I mean, from like a high up approach. Like, right. I think my body works best on relatively high fat moderate protein and like for a while i was doing like no carbohydrates at all right. but i need a little bit to like do what i need to do it seems yeah. like and i actually if like if when i cut carbohydrate all together like if i don't do any sweet potato any fruit any like none of that stuff i actually hold on to a little bit more weight than if i do just a, like sprinkle in a little bit Probably here true. here and there not every day and right. like not in high doses at all but yeah I, i'm geez i've just been eating whenever i want and like <laughs> <laughs> i don't do so well myself <laughs> at night i'm like second dinner third dinner let's do it snack. i also i uh, dude i also noticed that a lot of it over this last year has been a ton of stress-induced eating oh yeah and it's still good food like i don't i rarely would go and you know grab a tub of ice cream and pound that down, but just the amount of food that I'm putting into my body hasn't been leaving me feeling like super awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I feel, I've been feeling more comfortable with myself lately. And I think that's going to help You're my, really setting, getting I'm, your own. Dude. I'm really getting into my own. And I think that's, it's weird how just feeling like that can impact your whole life. Game like, changer. like as someone who, you know, we're, we've been aware of health and fitness for a long time, right? Like, you, we're still learning things, but like if we were going to dive in and do a generally healthy, like this is how I eat, like it wouldn't be super hard for us, but it's interesting to have all of that knowledge mm -hmm. and then still have life get in the way and like totally. your, your personality get in the way or stress get in the way to where it's like, 
man, I came home. I already ate. Work was super hard. I'm just going to fucking eat more. Or <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, uh, this is my night. Yeah, this is my night. For like four nights in a row. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's weird how fast. Dude, you know what's fucking crazy? Everything. Yeah, everything. Speaking of habits, how, and this is everyone's going to listen to this and be like, well, yeah, obviously, how easy it is to form bad habits and how hard it is to form good habits because bad habits are easy to do they're like they're super lazy yep example um i took that day on last monday this monday last monday i don't know they're all blending whatever they're all blending together and i was like i'm watching all of the star wars movies all oh, right and you i were sick yeah i watched all the star wars movies and then caught up and then I'm actually going to see it tonight. Ooh, you're lucky, dude. With uh, Tan the Man, who has like a squad, and he's like, got a ticket. You want to go? Because we so were sick. We were geeking you're out. Are you guys 3Ding or no? I don't think so. I yeah. hope not. Yeah. I don't like 3D. But we were at Lizzie's little um, All right. cookie Cookies party. And, wine. Yeah. and he's like, I got a group going. We, there's a ticket. And I was so like, sick. dude, I'm super down. We yeah. were nerding out. So in preparation with that, I was like, oh, I kind of want to watch that, uh, like The Mandalorian. Yeah. Did you watch any of that? Yeah, it's awesome. Dude. It's better and better every episode. Did you see Tate Fletcher? Yeah. Oh, yeah. First yeah. episode. Dude, Represent so hard. Shout out to Caveman Coffee, <laughs> Shout dude. Shout out to Tate's our boy, in the Tate. game, dude. Oh, yeah. He killed it. He was like- And so, then got killed. Yeah, he killed it and got killed. So if you <laughs> if you watch episode the first episode of The Mandalorian, there's a big old burly dude in the cantina just talking mad shit. That's Tate, who's one of the owners of you Caveman spilled Coffee. spilled my drink. Spilled it's in a different drink. language, though. It's in Dewaga, it's all no shit on the <laughs> yeah, You're all cool, man. I was so pumped on that. So I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this leading up to it, even though yeah. the timeline's a little different, just to get the information. Yeah. I finished that. So it's only like six episodes yeah. or so, right? Yeah, yeah, you're just in it. And I did that, and then I was done with it. And then the next day, I like came home from work, did my thing, sat on the couch and turned on the TV. There was, abs- got used to it there was absolutely nothing that I wanted to watch. I had no idea what I was doing. I like went and started flipping through huh. stuff and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I don't even want to do this. And like, I just did it for the last six days and it, it's so, um, there's, there's zero barrier to entry. Yeah. Right. Where it's, it's super accessible. So you just come home, you sit down and you push a button. Right. Whereas if, if you flip it, like another thing that I've been doing is doing my workouts in the morning. Mm. And that's way harder. Building that habit is way harder because you get up and like you're already in bed and then you have to fucking get up and it's cold and you're like, it's like walk down the street. Yeah. You got to get your gear on, like get your bag together, walk Mm -hmm. down the street. And it's just like everything is telling you not to. So that habit took probably, honestly, now I've been doing it for a couple months and it feels like normal. Yeah. But watching TV like five or six days. Now I'm a TV watcher. You're a TV guy. So I was like, fuck TV, dude. I mean, if you're going to, yeah, at least if you're going to watch TV, stick to your stick to your learning phase. Watch, Start watching the, the Clone Wars cartoon. Oh, yeah. Because that's like actual real. It's like all the supplement. It's the same people's voices, but it's all the supplementary stuff that happened from like whatever during that first period pre-Luke. Pretty interesting to get in that world. And now I'm like, I didn't, I watched like the first 10 whatever seconds of the trailer like we talked about. And then I Ooh. turned I turned it off because I was like, I don't really like watching trailers. Right. And then I've been just kind of making guesstimates as to what is going to happen. Yeah, in, it's going to be interesting. In that movie. And what does all this stuff mean? I mean, knowing J.J. Abrams, you won't know exactly, hopefully. You know, like, that's, I think, what's good about him is you can't predict it so well. 
But I, yeah, I don't know, man. Because, I, I mean, the whole, it's like, the they're claiming that the series is, 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 are all over. But at the same time, like, the world is going to continue with Disney Plus and The Mandalorian and all these other things. And there's other movies coming out in that world. But they also claim that, like, you know, The Avengers was the last. Right. And it's like, that's never the truth. But, like, there's some plan and some break that's going to happen or something. So, yeah, it's interesting. Or it's like... Or it's like what Tanner and people talk about, like this thing about gray Jedi, which I haven't gotten deep into. Gray Jedi? I know. See, I don't They're even like know a mix that. of, I mean, you just. It's, oh, like they have, the li- they have the light and the dark. They use the it. light and the dark in oh, balance, okay. right? Yeah, they're bringing balance to the force. Right. And yeah. so it's like, like oh, Ray, Ray okay. is going to be the gray Jedi. That's, I think, what Tanner is going after. And it might be true, but like that also could be what they mean. Like this universe is going to be ending. And it's like, oh, the universe is ending in that there's no exactly like pure good side light side dark side anymore i don't know i don't even all i know is i'm jealous that's gonna be fun to watch the movie i, I need to go see that i was like mm, but it's gonna be so crowded oh yeah that's why i didn't even look i was yeah, just like because eh, i was getting into the shit and i was just like oh i, th- I told jenny i was like i think i want to see this in the theaters i, I was like i'll probably it. wait till the week after because it yeah. just seems too stressful which I didn't even know it was out today. I yeah, thought like it came tonight. out tomorrow, yeah, but like six o'clock. It's not something. even a midnight thing. It's like eight thirty. I know my so, buddy Nate is psyched out of his mind. He's wearing his gear today. Oh god, uh, at, at oh, yeah. his ad shot. That'd be He's super tight. fun. I mean, that's gonna be the cool part, right? It's like you're gonna be a part of an event. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I. It, it's super rare that you get to watch a like a movie, or I don't think I ever have like watch a movie like that. That's got like the cultural impact, yeah. like in like that's in the zone. That's only happened like a couple. Yeah, I mean, I think the most recent times Lord of the me. Rings. Besides that, for me, yeah, I mean, or they, like some of the sort of the Avengers, but not even on that same level. Like, Avengers is not on that same level. Lord of the Rings was, and I think I think it's because like Avengers exists like comic book first. Yeah, and it's there's like so many different points of connection. Right. And there are starting to be with Star Wars too, but it's like a movie first and foremost. Yeah. Like it's like a game changing movie. So like the cinema is like a really big deal for it. Yeah. Totally. And they're less like I don't know. Comics are weird because they're even more infinite in that like time travel is like this huge possibility yeah. and there's like different versions of the same right. thing or there's whatever. There's still finite time. I'm like this. really I'm I'm just like really curious about this little baby Yoda thing. Oh my gosh, so interesting. So I'm like is it another version of his species or is it yoda reincarnate oh interesting because like yoda dies right at return of the jedi yeah he does right and so this forever sleep <laughs> <laughs> the mandalorian is set after return of the jedi because mm-hmm. the empire is like fallen so is that like immediately after he dies is there some sort of reincarnation thing and now he like and then will will the timeline that's going on now like the movie that's coming out will that child be growing up even more and be you know like 100 150 years old at the time and then now is that gonna be i don't fucking know it's too confusing for me to tell (laughs) but it's just fun to get in that speculation you're like oh is he gonna make a comeback it's fun to even just get into story and have an imagination which is you know kind of part of it for me yeah it's 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 creative space it's weird. I was talking to Mark about it because he's getting really into Harry Potter. And I'm like, it's interesting the things that you latch onto because Harry Potter and Star Wars, exactly the same, right? You have two opposing forces, uh-huh. light and dark. Uh-huh. You have 
the main hero whose main struggle is like, am I more of the light or am I more right. of the dark? Like, I feel like I'm a good person on the inside, but there's all these signs that are pointing towards I'm going to be potentially turned into this like bad thing. And right. then you, you know, you layer the hero's journey like on top of that. Like it's the exact same storyline. But the thing that makes it fun is like the interplay between the characters, the little like subplots that develop, like the relationship they have with each other. Yeah. It's pretty interesting how you can take like such a bit, which is like, that's what we're all struggling with as people, totally. right? It's like such a basic that's idea. why everybody likes it, right? And like, how do you make that into something that stands out above like, you know, there's probably thousands of movies that have that same plot. Right. You know, what's so special about Harry Potter or about something like Star Wars that makes you like feel like you're part of the story it's really interesting interesting. you know it's it's super it's super weird even we were talking about how i saw it way late but like watched inside out the other day oh so good and like it's it's the same thing it's like basically a story about how like there's all these different parts of our personalities that we have to struggle with right there's a bunch of other stories like that what makes that one's like they killed it on that like it's You know, what's the formula? What like, is the... F- how does it work? Like, why is that so powerful? And some movies you see, you're like, yeah, I get it. I'm right. Like, no, I don't care. Definitely comes down to the writing. Because, I mean, you can go through... Even though... So, like, you know, Brittany, my wife, she wants to see everything chronologically because that helps her put the story together well. Which it seems like that's kind of what you did. And, the man, to go back and have to watch The Phantom Menace after you've <laughs> even delved into the originals, plus with how well these new ones are done, at least in the context of writing... And like character development and even just like how the actors have been directed to act is like, oh, yeah, so bad. I mean, they're terrible movies. Terrible. They're awful. And And then The Force Awakens is like, it's a good movie. It's a fun movie for anybody. It's like a nice modern movie where, you know, one thing that I was super aware of when I was watching the, like the first, like the Phantom Menace and that round was Aside from the CGI, like I was super made aware of the budget spent on the movie. Like there were a, there were a ton of shots just um like cinematograph like what am I trying to say? Cinematographically Yo, it's Carol. I'm thinking that maybe what you were trying to say in like an alternate universe was something about someone we like to call the chai guy right it was funny well we ran into tom the chai guy downtown and we were i was like hope that hope the podcast mentions going well for you guys i just want you to be really happy and he said the most fucking amazing thing which was like you know what i'm really happy to be working with you guys and if this is somehow helpful moving through the caterpillar lawsuit in the year that you guys are having i'm like super happy to help Obviously, it gets our name out there a little bit more, but like it was almost like he was doing it as more of a gift, which I thought was pretty dope. It does feel a little bit like a gift, and it's a gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) You know why? Because for every part that you give, you get three parts in return. That's exactly the ratio you'd use if you use this high-end, high-quality, high-magnitude. Let me tell you about the Barista Brew Chai. Just spicy enough? Just sweet enough? Never over the top. It's never not, let you down. It's not high fructose either. No way. No weird ever. ingredients. Mm-mm, it's delicious. No strangeness. And don't panic. It's high end. It's okay. <laughs> it is the bomb. People tell me about it every day. And all you have to do is 
hit him up and order it because whatever chai you have now isn't as good as his. There's no way around it. Yeah. That's a don't kid yourself. It's fine to tell yourself lies, but not about chai. Yeah, dude. Don't play yourself. Don't play Come yourself. on. Jump on the chai guy. Tom, his team. Does he have the Instagram handle? He's a family like, man. He does have he change an his name handle. to the chai guy. We'll uh, have every. Actually, no, I think that's actually in, what it's called. Is it the chai guy? It's like Tom the chai guy. Oh, um, great. Hold on. I put the burners on you now. You're like going to have to look it up on the fly. Trying to burn me out. Mm. I'll find it now and soon enough. Soon enough. His name is Doug McFarlane <laughs> <laughs> at frankincense.net. Doug oh Busso's lesser known cousin. Just put it in the link, dude. Yeah, dude. We'll, we'll put, put it, it in the link. It's literally chai underscore Jared's guy. Jared's got a new phone. Chai underscore chai guy. guy. Oh, it is chai guy. Great. Chai guy. Great. Yeah. Brilliant. He's he's a champion. I was hoping he got that. He and I share the common deficiency called ADD. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty deficient. It's a proficiency, actually. So anyway, as we said, don't kid yourself. Hit him up, dude. America is waiting for his chai and he is poised for you to chai him out. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, Carol. Yo, that was clever. Um, no, totally. I feel welcome. Also, you're welcome because the word you were going to say is cinematography. So anyways, um, future Carol to the rescue. Also, you're going to say it weird right now. Cinema, cinema. You're like, you see like a basic wide shot of a scene that happens and the whole scene plays out in that shot. Whereas you compare to a modern movie okay, that shot would have been the wide, two different versions yes. of the close-up, five other angles, all which require like resetting, relighting, restructuring the whole time. So I was, you could kind of see the budget in it was that. So simple. There's not a ton of a budget for no. like camera, lighting, whatever. And yeah. Like the CGI was obviously like a new thing back they then. They spent it all on CGI. It was all, it's all there. So I'm like, oh, this could almost be more engaging if it had less CGI and right. more camera go the old school more yeah more just like intentionality yeah in in video but i don't know it's it's pretty wild to see them and even the first ones you know mark and i were talking about this the uh, a a new hope though that series like they're pretty bad movies with yeah relatively bad acting like it is definitely when he's acting yeah yeah Yeah. which is part of the era somewhat but i mean the scene where you know, Luke is figuring out that Darth Vader is his father, and he's like, "No!" It's so funny. And his face looks like just like it's beat red at least. <laughs> it's it's like a good it's, yell. It looks like a ridiculous, like a teenager in pain. He managed to get some some tears out of it. He got a little teary, but it is pretty bad. You know it to be true. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's just. Oh, and that's like one of the moments in in cinema history that was like it's game changer. Super it's like, hilarious. They didn't know it was coming. Or even on like Tatooine, he's like, "What about these droids? Oh, that's we're the gonna worst. buy." The <laughs> first one in New Hope. It's like so corny. <laughs> he, he he progressively gets better by Return of the Jedi at his acting. Yeah, but man, the whole like overplay on monotone Jedi delivery in the first at least three, like the Phantom Medicine, all those, is so bad. I'm like. 
they're allowed to have emotions. Like you can give them emotions, and it's just unbelievable. Right, because it makes the acting seem like it's not as good. Yeah, and some of that's intentional. They're like, right. you're supposed to talk like that, and I'm like, no. And Queen Amidala is not supposed to talk like that. And it's like, people don't talk like that. Like when you see Samuel L. Jackson being like just super deadpan and it just feels like really weird. Like if that was the only time I'd seen Samuel L. Jackson, I'd be like, this guy's a terrible actor. Yeah, totally. You know, like this guy sucks when, <laughs> he, no, he's fucking badass. Mace Windu. Like, yeah, it's super corny. Your name is Mace but Windu. But I'm just like, damn, Pulp Fiction is like one of the best movies right. ever. And he's just like on point with it he's like you know someone says bad motherfucker on it right i fucking love it when i for everybody out there i just screamed that luke scream and my dog jumped off the couch worried about him worried it's okay your dad is fine dude he's pretty sensitive your dad is fine he's so sensitive he's a good guy it's chill whenever anybody has intense conversation he thinks they're fighting and it's kind of annoying what's uh wait so what's been your most of all of them what's been the most enjoyable one to watch of the star wars (sighs) Just Damn. straight enjoyable. Not nice. like if you didn't break it down. If you were just gonna have to pop one in to watch it again right now, it would, what would be the one. So we talked about it in that I the original ones had the digital enhancements when I watched them. Right. So I'm guessing that if the digital enhancements weren't there, it would probably be um man, probably Return of the Jedi the best one it's every time i watch that one the most that one and force awakens are my two it's got the for me it's got like the elements that you that you want like there's so much restraint in that universe around the the idea of the jedi that makes it super frustrating yeah to where you're like these guys don't fucking do anything yeah yeah. they're just people with a bunch of knowledge that sit on their ass right this is why the world is the way it is today because good people don't speak up enough, yeah, right? So, like, yep. In that aspect, it's frustrating. So you get all of like the good elements. You get like the dark. You get the light. You get the action. Um, a couple interesting characters, and right. then you get uh, Luke kind of coming into his own, and he's still not so powerful where it feels like he's invincible. Yeah, you know, it feels he's like bringing some heat. There's like a real struggle going on, but he like steps up to it right and like he's the hero han solo's like nah this kid's not gonna save the day oh he saved the day yeah and, and it, there's cool cuts too in that one where it's like towards the end i always remembered one of my favorite scenes was like there was these quick cuts between the big star battle and endor and luke all going like boom 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 towards the end like yeah. quick cuts and that was like i think really progressive obviously it's always also models doing that and a little CGI for the time. I think that, but dude, it was really the good way looking. they did it is super good. I, I thought mean, it looked great. Oh, the way those movies came out, like I mean, you think the first one came out in 1977, right? Like I can't even imagine what that must have seemed like if you went to the movie theater and you see this fucking huge ship that like looks pretty fucking good. It's pretty real. Yeah, you're like, damn, dude, that's insane. Like mind melted. It doesn't fully, look plastic. Fully, no, no, it's like, it's really good. Like, yeah, they did a good job with that. So I, yeah, I, I kind of like Return of the Jedi. That one's for. I watched that one so much when I was a kid. That one's that, that one's, one's the one coolest. over and over again. Then you get the Ewoks in there. Yeah, they're tight and Leia getting stuck and they're pretty dope. And C three PO becoming the god for a second and. <laughs> <laughs> Luke like lifting him up in the air with his for the force to freak out the Ewoks. It's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sick. It, the yeah. Whole battle on indoors. I'm pretty down sickest. with that one. And then the newer ones are good too. Force Awakens. They're just, they're so is d- good. It's like a different turn, and they are really good. And I like the way. Yeah, I, I really like the the way the Force Awakens 
point where if now it's obvious, but you, because well, we saw it in the theater before we left for yeah. Guatemala when oh, it so, opened. Yeah, so for the first 20 minutes of the movie, 30 minutes of the movie, maybe even longer, you think Quinn is the hero right. of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, if you haven't watched a trailer or anything, you're like, this guy's like the new Jedi. Yeah. And he's totally not. Nope. But I don't know. I was, I was kind of down for that. Yeah. That whole thing is, and the way, I also like that it's like, uh, they allowed it to be kind of like a natural thing that like you have and you start like, you know, if the force is strong with you, you start being like, figuring out how to use it without necessarily, because I think that was one of the things in the past where it's like, well, if you have it, you have it. And if you don't, you don't. But in the past, they didn't show you that like, there's like a natural progression, almost like puberty where it's like, it starts getting, you start using it on accident a little bit. Like things start happening to you, right? Like, and I like, like that. Luke never used the force on accident. Yeah, like he was completely he, he was completely unaware right. until he started his quote unquote training. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And it's like where even in the super lame ones in the pod racing with like little Anakin, he's like he's experiencing the force even though he doesn't know what it is, and he's using it to his advantage in little ways. Right, and yeah. he's he's somehow the only human that can race pods. Yeah, like, and you're like, okay, well, thank goodness, because that should have been happening in the old school, although it's an evolution, so it makes sense. But I like that. Yeah, I like that too. It's it's so funny, because Luke has just been like the biggest barn of all the Jedis. It's like really disappointing. Like, I, I, want, I think he's disappointed too. I want, more of that, I want more of that Return of the Jedi thing. Like, even in the last one, I was just like, what the fuck? The way he goes out... I I was super bummed about it i was he like was dude too. that's such a bummer like c- please bring him back somehow he can come back like one a of those cool ghosts, ghosts or whatever yeah, yeah. i'm just like dude come on like can you imagine how frustrating that would be like if you were mark hamill the right. actor and you know you first star in 1977 and now it's whatever 2017 right and they're like we're gonna play you out like this and you're like okay right cool I've only so waited bummed. decades to do this, and now this is how I go out, like meditating on a fucking rock like a punk. I bet you, I hope it's true, but like, I bet J.J. Abrams has some form of redeeming capability in that, because it's, you know, it's J.J., not J.J., and they're like, we need J.J. back. Yeah. So I'm wondering if he does some sort of, there's something redeeming there. It'd be I great hope if there so. was. It'd be cool. They, I could also see it as like, um, it's just like part of changing with the times like ray is like the she's like the the main character yeah right and the nostalgically and emotionally you want like all of the other characters like mm-hmm. there, there's some part of you that would love to see everyone who's died like luke and right. yoda and obi-wan like come back for some big thing but then part of you is like while that would be fun it almost seems like lazy writing sure and just rehashing a story that's already been told and takes sense. and takes away from her ability to actually be the hero yeah that like what like we need going forward that yep. the universe needs going forward and in progression so Whew. i can see it both ways you no know i what hear I mean? you i i don't i don't know either what it's gonna be like i know that it's gonna be fucking fun to watch and it's gonna be it looks interesting the way they have it in the trailer which you know i've seen it's just it's not totally clear what's gonna happen at all yeah i think that's they're they're doing well good. at playing that up to yeah. where it's like the whole time you're kind of wondering is like how much bad does she have in her and yeah. how much good does kylo ren have in him and what's it gonna be like how's it gonna be how's it gonna be at least they're bringing back billy d 
Lando's oh, coming yeah? back. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't I watch that. the whole trailer. Oh, yeah. I love Billy Dee Williams, He's dude. dude. He's a fucking G. Lando's a pimp. I also love Carl Weathers in The Mandalorian. He's good in Mandalorian. I fucking huh? love Carl Weathers, yeah. dude. He's he's so... Uh, dude, I, I don't know. Wait, so you're th- are you caught up with The Mandalorian then at this, yeah. ca- at this point? That yeah. last episode was stressful. The one where they steal the baby at the end. Yeah, they kill yeah, the dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. With yeah. like, yep, and you get to see X-Wings for the spoken, first time. Dude. Yeah. Oh, no, there's another one. There's seven episodes then. There's a new if you one. you have not seen an, an X-Wing, no, 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 where they steal the baby at the end. What okay, happened? the X-Wing is six, where they light up that dude's little... The ship at the end. Where they're on the ship, yeah. That's the one. There's another one. No, no, that's the one I'm talking about. Okay. That one's stressful, where they're in, like, the they're trying to... They're, they're in the prison. They're catching, yeah. Yeah. That was a stressful episode, because so, they did a really good job of making you, like think something bad with, and it does but they just they did a really good job with that episode the next one's worse oh even s- more stressful so there's another one since then yeah they dropped it early they must have because it be- usually comes out friday because of the movie coming out on friday mm, interesting got it so it's got a special so somebody actually gets the baby stolen is what you just told me sorry yeah i thought <laughs> it'll happen bad. at some point something's gonna happen yeah it's, it, but it's it kind was, of like a sad episode oh you can't have them all be happy if it's gonna be a big series yeah it was pretty good in that regard but you were like oh no like what's how they're gonna fix this that's yeah. the part that's gnarly is like you know they do but it's like how are you gonna fix this dude well there's that and then there is i don't know how much you want to know or if you if it bothers you or do you want to wait mm, i'll let you wait i'll wait yeah. i don't know i'll wait just because his character progression has been there's like a couple I like th- his character progression in that like the first episode I was like man it's going to be hard to connect with somebody you don't ever see their facial That's what I thought too. And then it gets better and better. And yeah, better. I was really skeptical. I almost didn't want to watch it cuz the first like, episode's oh, hard. Gosh. Yeah. A little like, hard. Y- you don't know who they are, but yeah. you start to get his personality. Yeah. And then you start to, they do a good job of like peppering in the backstory. It does feel like one of those series where the only progression is that Somehow you're going to learn a little bit about his past and he's just a dude in the universe trying to protect his baby. And that's like it. Yeah, that's the only which I kind of like. I like that, too. It's a, I, mean, I get that it's necessary for the way they film the series. Right. The only part of the whole thing that doesn't make sense is him protecting the baby in the first place. Like he's such a hard motherfucker right. like that like up. like he's done a million jobs as a bounty hunter. And right. then all of a sudden this one thing he like sees this little green kid and is like. This is going to change my life. Right. I'm going to uproot my whole life to protect this kid because all of a sudden now I have this like really heavy sense of conscience or something. Yeah, that's interesting. Although I'm wondering if it's like just that he got abandoned, you know, that's probably that. I mean, I know that they'll probably that they'll probably it. unravel that through his past. But or it's I hear like, you. But yeah, I, I dig it. But when he, yeah, it's like when you see you know, they make it pretty obvious when he like because it's a kid after they say it's 50 years old. They, yeah. Like, you come in. And then that's his curveball as well as a kid. And you're like, uh oh. So, but that is, it's interesting that that's like the only current tie until what seems like this that, episode. It's that like totally he's makes to save sense. The kid. That's probably enough, I but guess. But one twist that might be interesting, although in the one episode they show that they were going to shoot the baby, is that Brittany thought that maybe that since he turned on everybody, that the actual beacons were for him, not for the kid. And everybody's actually going to try to kill him, but that's not. It became mm. similarly not true when that the one bounty hunter tried to was going to shoot the kid right oh the sniper or yeah whatever. and then even that robot it looked like it was trying to just kill the kid yeah the droid so yeah, the uh, droid. bounty droid or yeah, whatever whatever it was so let's see welcome to the star wars episode of the podcast. <laughs> welcome to some sick. two bros it's actually tight though because it's it's 
like getting your mind out of the normal shit. Yeah, you're welcome. Like anything's possible, which is it's true. It's pretty fucking tight. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to see where that goes, how and if they tie it into the movie in any way, even though the timelines don't line up. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's well before right the movie but well after like the other series so i'm just glad he's not boba fett which is oh that's what i, I thought i was I'm gonna glad. be and, like yeah it's kind of over that guy i never really connected with him honestly they just they don't give you a, ch- a chance to through the a whole chance. movies he's just kind of there yeah and then the way he <laughs> dies is like the most pinner death ever wait i can't even remember that's how he because dies it's right now. so in passing that you don't even like pay attention to it until somebody tells you like oh that's boba fett han solo's blind and he's in there over with the Sarlacc pit, which is also a great scene. And Chewie's like, he's all Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? And he turns and his staff hits Boba Fett's jetpack and shoots, <laughs> shoots Boba Fett across the back of the screen. He hits the big old thing and falls in the Sarlacc pit and dies. And it's uh, like an accidental death. See, that's lame. And Boba Fett wasn't even that tight with the exception of he like kind of captures solo sort of but not really yeah i know he's like, like a he scavenger do in that shit he's yeah, just like happened to be there yeah i'm like i'm just here he was a clone his whatever. dad was pretty tight though Django fett yeah i mean yeah, he least, had a moment at, at least, least he went out with a fight scene right he had like a moment it's boba like fett cool. was, never did anything as far as we know no unless uh, unless there's stuff in like some of the other series which there are a bunch of animated series that tell stories of the star wars universe that are like not for kids but for kids because they're, they're way more serious. So I was watching some, and I'm like, I would not show this to my daughters. Yeah, there's a lot of them. They even have Lego ones. Yeah, the Lego ones are funny. Super like, funny. What the heck, dude? Holocrons? I've, I've never watched any of, any of the <laughs> Lego <laughs> movies. Lego ones are funny. I dude. was like almost tempted to watch uh, the Lego Batman thing, but then I backed out. I was like, I can't really actually it's, spend my time watching a funny, Lego dude. movie. It's Joe Bluth. I was just like, <laughs> wait, what? The character's voice is the guy who plays Joe Bluth. I forget his name. No way it's super funny that in and of itself seems pretty ridiculous it's all funny the lego <laughs> movies are hilarious <laughs> shit they're pretty entertaining i don't even know what to do with that that's nothing don't do anything we talked about this shit for 45 minutes also let's wait wait let's do a couple things let's just do a couple like let's catch the world up because this will come out a little bit later Should we damian about- chavez okay yeah has been going. has been nominated for notable roaster damian chavez is one producer of- Yep, producer. What I said, roaster, didn't yeah. I? Sorry. Notable producer. He's the one we visit in Honduras. He's the one we have the tightest relationship. Him and Wilson Morales, uh, along with Ben Hameen, obviously. But this is huge because we buy all of his coffee, and it's just a prideful moment for our company. We work with two of the other producers on that list, but this one is just like right in our home. Uh, ben Hameen already, which I have to show you. I told everybody yesterday, but I haven't showed you the picture. I did show you, maybe. In base camp. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they came. So Ben Hameen got the second largest uh, newspaper in all of Honduras to cover it. So yesterday I got some pictures of Damien Chavez's family, and he's just getting all this press. And he's a really small lot farmer, and he's making amazing, amazing coffee. And he's got all this land ready to plant more coffee on for the next three to five years. So it's just so amazing that our mission is kind of moving outside of our company and he's legitimately like had a life change with this partnership that we've made. And so anyways, I'm really grateful for that, whether he wins or not, but I mean, Lincoln bio forever until this thing's done, like go to spreads.com slash vote and vote for him. 
it's cool to have people see you you know what i mean when yeah you let's say you rewind a few years like he's still producing coffee yep already but no one's really seeing him and i think that like ties in to because here's the reality of the situation right you can go on spredge vote for him we already buy all his coffee yeah so monetarily pragmatically his life is not going to change at all right but think of how you feel as a person when you feel like seen or when you feel heard right or when you feel like a larger group of people are recognizing your work and you feel like you you belong to something that's bigger than yourself that's i think what is really powerful about this like he's gonna produce coffee no matter what but to see like that little fucking village where they live, like yeah, how dude. removed it is from everything is nuts. Like we've been to a lot of places in origin and that place is pretty random. Yeah. You totally. know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it really is like when you go to other places and there's, uh, even when we were in Antigua, like you're on a coffee farm, but it's, sure. it's like so close to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, there's these, there's internet, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> there's no internet out there. No. Like he's going into town for that shit. So, I, it's cool to have people recognize your hard work. Yeah. And that, that's pretty neat. So feel good vibes, like play those, play those feel good vibes on, mm. on repeat. For and that thank guy. you for whoever and all of you who nominated him. He really is like his, his mind is blown. Ben Hameen, his mind is blown. He is tripping. He's like, did you, did your whole staff nominate him? And I was like, no, honestly, I mean, it's uh, everyone it is, out it there. It is all like, of you, you who listen to this podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope that you really enjoy the Crown episode from last week. I had a great time going there. Shout out to the Crown. Thank you for having us again. Yeah, subscribe to their podcast. Definitely subscribe. Richard's Thanks, out Richard there Sandlin. asking really thoughtful questions, which is is pretty awesome. Uh, it was nice to be interviewed by someone because it goes beyond some of the normal things we talk about. It was like a little bit more probing. So some of the story, there's some story that we haven't told. So we'll. Yeah, that'll he be on their episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, Good job, Richard. super in the zone. He was. It's hard to be in the moment as an interviewer, as well as like being able to pull on the the knowledge that you've already ingested, and great balance of both. I would. Yeah, you have to go listen to those episodes, but uh, it, whether it's two between, because Charles left uh, at a point, so he had is at least going to be an hour. It might be an hour and a half or two even yeah it could be two ep- yeah who knows it could be who knows what's going to happen but either way we share a lot of stuff in those episodes that are super real and i don't think have come out naturally in this podcast like this so nope. go check it and repost it follow those folks follow us subscribe rate review we need all the goods we need all the love thank you so much for everything you do tell friends it's about you know? to be happy new year and in the new year comes a new you <laughs> that's not true you're the same unless you <laughs> unless you work to change dude this is super weird Tell me about it's it. It's totally irrelevant, but I thought it was really, really fun. Okay, man. The guy who cuts my hair in town, his name's Ed. He's like a young dude. He's probably, I don't know, 20s or something like that. He has a podcast. He does videos. Him and his barber friends rent a creative studio downtown and do all this media shit. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And we were we were talking about, I don't know what we were talking about. We were talking about skateboarding. And then I was like, what do you do for fun? And he's like, oh, you know, I I like read a lot and I do this podcast thing. And I was like, oh, what was the last thing you read? And then we started going back and forth on books and we were reading a bunch.
bunch of the same books. Oh. Which is kind of a trip. And he's just on this new little self-discovery journey since the past year. Go discover yourself. He's like, come by the podcast studio. And I was like, borderline embarrassed. I'm like, oh, you got a studio? That's cool. I just recorded my house. I have a studio called a home. (laughs) Home studio. Anyway, useless information. Shout out to your boy Ed at the barbershop. Shout out to our team for the crazy hard holiday scene that we go through every year and working really hard to do what we do. We get amazing feedback every day. I got another compliment in Portola from a a local guy who's made Portola's home cafe over the last like six weeks, he said. Nice. He's like, I live down the street and I just want to say thanks for providing like such a homey, chill, perfect mix of like enough space and energy, but like homey vibe. And we're like, I was like, thank you for coming. I don't even know what to tell you, you know, like, yeah, it's pretty sick. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Oh my gosh. How could we forget the best of the best? Uh, Carol, you're going to cut this into the middle. (laughs) (laughs) You know it to be true. (laughs) (laughs)